0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: The San Diego Padres have spent a lot of time simply restocking their system. Um, and so they had not only a good trade deadline, but a pretty good season when it comes to doing that. So let's talk about that. I am Allison Footer here with Richard Justice, who knows everything going on with all 30 teams. Richard, uh, when it comes to the Padres, so the last two months, they have flipped James Shields, Fernando Rodney, Drew Pomerantz, Melvin Upton Jr., and Andrew Kashner. they got eight players in return. Um, So that's kind of what they set out to do, right? I don't think that they came into the season thinking that they're going to be World Series contenders, right?
0: Right. I would say they're in a great spot. And what the Padres need to do right now is leave it all alone. In A.J. Preller, you have one of the great evaluators of young talent. Ever. I mean, his track record is unbelievable, and he's a fanatic about this stuff, about getting it right. One of his lines is, "The draft is not a crapshoot." And I think in Andy Green they got a, a, a bright and upcoming manager. So the, the the different the farm system now is better, and as you see with Janikowski playing, with Verdone playing now, they're younger. They're going to be interesting. Padres fans are going to watch them and say, "Okay, these guys have a chance to get better." Uh, Hunter Renfro will be here next year. The, the, what what the part, the division in the farm system is that there's really good position players at the upper levels. We'll see them next year. That's what the trade of Matt Kemp opens up. But the pitchers, Anderson Espinosa, Josh Naylor, those guys are probably a year away. So everybody's got to be patient, but these are interesting times to be a Padres fan. And, you know, they went for it two years ago, Matt Kemp, Will Myers, all that. They went for it. There's nothing wrong with that. We're changing the conversation in your hometown and saying, okay, we're, We're going to give you a reason to come to the ballpark. But now you have to build just a very stable, sound baseball operation. And they have the right people in place, so let's watch them
1: grow. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because, like, a year ago, I was thinking, they're in big trouble. I mean, they, like you said, they went for it a couple off-seasons ago. They had this, uh, you know, they, they really just drew a lot of people in attention-wise, and then it didn't work out. And then I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, they got rid of a lot of talent trying to get to that roster, which did nothing. But I guess the Kimbrel trade kind of, you know, kind of set off this this new wave. Um, And and so I guess that in, in that respect, we have to think that they really aren't as far off as maybe we would have thought a year ago. Is that fair to say? That's
0: real fair to say, and I would say next year they're going to be fun to watch. Now, how quickly does the young pitching come around? You know, uh, one of our draft picks, Cal Quantrill, recover hasn't thrown a pitch since Tommy John's surgery coming at his career at Stanford. Josh Naylor's a young guy. Espinosa is a younger guy. But these are big, high-end arms, and I tell you, I okay, you can't say it enough. Like the work AJ Preller did in Arlington as the international scouting director, he was crazy. I mean, he never slept. He found players everywhere, and he will do that in, in San Diego. And what's happened now, I think, is they, for once and for all, turned the page. Okay, we are who we are. We're going to have to do a traditionally player development system, and, and we're going to be okay. We're going to do it this way. And I think, you know, I think A.J. what? A.J. Bills, when they, when they turn the final corner, and it may be – I think they'll be interesting to watch in 2017 – but I think in 2018 they got a chance to compete. This is how you do it. Look, this is how the Dodgers are trying to do it. It's no, it's no coincidence that the Rockies are competitive now when they have all those young pitchers that they 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 developed themselves. That that's how you do it. You know, that's true for the Red Sox and the Yankees, but it's also true. It's especially true for the Padres, the Rays, the teams that don't have as much money.
1: So, did this, this kind of took everybody off guard when Colin Ray was returned to San Diego. So they had that big trade with the Marlins, and then Ray got hurt um, immediately following the trade, and the Marlins, I guess, freaked out a little bit, understandably so, and then they swapped back. and San Diego returned to um, Luis Castillo. So it doesn't sound like there was any funny business. It sort of sounds like Ray himself had felt some discomfort in his elbow and didn't alert anybody, and it seems like everybody was okay with that explanation, Right.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's, it just makes it, well, the two general managers revisited it and said, okay, you're right, well, let's put another player in there. You know, the odd thing is the team that was most disappointed was the Marlins. They really had high hopes for Colin Ray, but they were just uncertain. You know, a guy walks off holding his right elbow. You, you're not, you know, and when you're in the middle of a pennant race, you're not going to do that deal. But it made for some uh, awkward uh, hello goodbyes in the uh, Padres clubhouse, and Colin Ray walked back in the door. So we just have to wait and see how the medical part of it works out.
1: They're happy to have
0: him back, you know, the high-end guy that has a chance, if he's okay, to it's next year or whenever he's recovered. But uh, I, I thought you know, the interesting thing was that the two general managers just went right back and went right back to work and substituted a player. <laughs> when Colin Ray walked back in the, in the clubhouse in San Diego, the players were coming up going, no, we still want you back. It's okay. We, we were happy with you leaving, but we're happy with you. You know, when that happens, sometimes happens. All you can do is laugh about it.
1: Yeah, especially since they were able to then come up with a swap to to fix everything. Um, it doesn't always turn out that way. Um, and then just the last thing. This um, so the Padres they explain this to me. So they they traded Hector Oliveira for uh, for Matt Kemp, and then uh, traded Matt Kemp. And I guess this is with the Braves, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get the, all this together, so it saved them like $30 million right, so it was like, here's a player that we don't really want anymore, and we'll take the player you don't want anymore, and then they ended up saving a lot on Kemp's uh, contract, so that was the goal right?
0: Yeah, and the in the, the larger picture is that they have outfielders that are ready to play and uh, they did not want Matt Kemp getting one more at bat that they could be given to some 25 year old kid and, uh, and and so how do, you, how do you move on from that? You're going to have to pay some of Matt's money. But the Dodgers are already paying some of it. Matt Kemp's going to be getting paychecks from rep by different organizations. But the Braves didn't want Hector Oliveira since domestic violence, suspension, arrest, suspension. And that case is still winding its way through the court system in Northern Virginia. Uh, they were willing to take him, but not take him. They were only willing to take the contract and some of the salary. And they came out ahead on, on the money. But from a Padres perspective. chance now for for us to go out and look at a, uh, let's say, uh, Travis Janikowski or somebody like that that we want to see. Maybe Hunter Renfro at the end of the year, Manny Monro guys like that. that does That's the future of the franchise. Matt
1: Kemper, it's not that. Okay. Interesting times. Thank you very much, Richard. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.